Yeah. Very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> How old are they now? Like, I, when I did that other podcast, and then I said they were like four. Were they four? Three. Three. three yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. he's got like four. Like three, really four-year-old four. twins. That was good. That was good. How was that? What was it? What was it all about? They just ask their questions, weird questions. It'll be out tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Where are they? In Canada. Cool. Cool, cool mate. Thanks for joining us here in the flats. G'day, g'day, g'day. What's <laughs> been going on? We've just been chilling, laying low like everyone these days, I think. Busy. You've been a bit more busy than me, busy, I think. Busy. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. Yeah. Been busy, yeah. Crazy year. Cove. Yeah. Hashtag Cove. Yeah, man. So what have you been working on? Um, I mean, apart from your sort of day, day, day-to-day day job, to which day. has been real busy day in itself, day. you've been doing a few little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. Just setting up the studio at the moment, so... Been building this studio for mastering, mixing, and so forth um, out in Cumbria. Mad. Yeah. Why, why QBN? QBN. What, 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 what was it about QBN? The allure, just to get out you away the, from Canberra. Get out man. of the CBR. Just wanted to make it far, well, far away from me, so it made yeah. it harder for yeah, me well to come you, record. You finally moved north side. <laughs> to Cumbrian, yeah. No, it was just it's just a good opportunity to link up with some, you know, similar-minded people. Um, it's like a little factory out there, so there should be a, a venue and <coughs> cafe, restaurant. Yep. And we'll be in the front where we're set up. So, yeah, it was a bit of a labour of love, really. Just How long have you been doing it for? N- like more than a year, nearly a year now. Longer, no, longer, than, longer a year. than that. Yeah, longer than a year. Probably closer to two years. It was good that time when I came out and helped you there. Oh, hey? that was that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Cracked a six <laughs> six meter sheet of gyp rock down the middle before he even entered the room. Well, it was my first time coming out, so I wanted to make an entrance. You know? Yeah, it's good. Shout out to Squid. He came out and he, he was helping you too. What do you reckon is better about? Well, I mean, why did you decide to move the studio? Because we've, I mean, since we've been making music, since when? Two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. We've had how many relocations? Five, at least five, at least. Why did you? I mean, I know you moved. But why, uh, what, why, why this time? Why did you, yeah, what was it about? Well, I guess this time it was the chance to have a studio that wasn't in my house. Yeah. That I could build it the way that I wanted it to be built. Yeah. And to build it as an actual purpose-built room. So, you know, like every every setup in in your house or in a semi-permanent situation, you've, you've got to take into account all the wall construction and your reverberations and standing waves and all that sort of stuff. And it still doesn't sound great, you know. It still needs work. I've been building all these acoustic panels to get it sounding right, but um, yeah, I've been doing. Obviously, when we work together, we're doing the whole production part, the the, the mixing part, the um, mastering, the whole bit. Yep. Whereas, I mean, we've had our stuff mastered as well many times. That's always what we like to do. But I've been focusing more on the mixing and mastering of other people's music yeah, yeah. over the last couple of years. As, as things have sort of slowed down for production, really just haven't had the energy to write much music, have we? No. Um, but in that mastering, that's been really great. That's sort of taken off. I've been doing work for for Kojo, um, doing stuff for Neko Pink, Charlotte and the Harlots. We mixed Master Shout Down. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's been good. It's been like a chance to sort of help with what I know with other guys that are sort of just working out how to get their stuff sounding good. Yeah. Um, and there's no one doing analog mastering in Canberra, so it was like an opportunity to do do the whole bit, get some gear, set up the room, do it the right way. So yeah, 
I'm hoping, hoping we'll be open in the new year, but it's really just been because of COVID that we haven't yeah. been able to keep the doors open. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks nice. for inviting me to come out and record. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I haven't. It's I expensive, mean, man. It is expe- expensive. Well, look, I mean, it must be good having because I know you've been wanting to have a space outside the house for a while. Yeah, you know, it's obviously you know, being a family man now, it's you've got to make space for for kids, make space for family, and it's nice to sort of have a bit of separation between you know that kind of part yeah. of your life, yeah. and then turning it sort of more into a business, which I think. Yeah, and a, a passion and a business is what I think yeah, you've yeah. been aiming for. for I a mean, while. it's even when it's at your house and you run it as a business, you still have to walk out of one house and into the other. It still doesn't feel like you're yeah. out of your house. Yeah, and if, but 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 going there, it actually feels like it's it's a business yeah. that we there can you sort go. of. There's the old. That's the old studio. That was just in in your garage. Yeah, it was upstairs in the garage. That was probably Mark Five or something. Yeah, but who's that young looking guy there in the middle? Skinny too. <laughs> Shout-outs to Lash, shout-outs to Jedbury. Shout-outs to Weight Loss. Yeah, <laughs> 2016. Where, where's all your records now? Ago. Your records? Half of co- them in storage, half of okay. them are Are you going to put them in the studio as well? No. Shout-outs to State of Mind. He's over in the UK. I think he, he did this one for us. Um, back, this one's from May Day. Yeah. May Day LP, 2016, I think. Yeah. Did that one. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, to write, and we, I think we tried a different version of it again and again and again, and it didn't work. And then we just scrapped it, kind of <laughs> started the beat again, and got these guys on it, and it just sort of happened really yeah. quickly. We do that with a lot of songs, I guess. Start off with one idea, and they go through, much. yeah, go through a few little iterations and live lives of their own before we kind of settle on something. I think it's probably one of our biggest faults is sitting on things and overthinking things too much. So it'll be fun, I guess, under in, an, in a new setting to see whether we can just kind of write music and go, well, yeah, that's it, done, next thing, not overthink yeah. it. Seems to be like a lot of music, I think, these days. A lot of the new stuff that I'm hearing is it strikes this balance between sounding really professional and sleek and put together but also kind of thrown off the cuff simple yeah you like you listen to a lot of that you know the griselda stuff i've been yeah. sending you like benny the butcher and um you know west side gun yeah. conway it's all kind of lo-fi kind of you know <laughs> dusty take back to that sort of dusty sample beats yeah. and it sounds kind of just cobbled together but yeah. still you know they're signed to shady Eminem's label, so yeah. it's still got a sheen to it. Oh, there'd still be loads of production on it, but yeah, definitely. yeah it comes off. Sound it's a like balance. That. It's yeah, a yeah. balance, isn't it? Yeah. What have you been? Any? What have you been listening to? Anything new this year? Or what well, just just on that, like I think that's an interesting comment to make. Like how we've always redone songs. Like yep. literally, there's songs that we've never released, which we've redone five or six times, hundreds. Um, vocal takes and things like that aside, we've like changed changed the beat six times. We changed rewritten the, the yeah. like man there's been like a labor of love in <laughs> in redoing shit and arguments yeah <laughs> yeah and and redoing it but it was what i was going to say is like i think that was because in a time at, at the time for me there was this moment where we went from dusty grooves to electronic and it was way early you know what i mean mm. it was like back when all that nicolay stuff was coming out you yeah. know what i mean and we did that song with chris i can't even remember what it's called now but it was like Around the switch, 
you know, we sort of, there was like a statement there. It was like, oh, we're using synthesizers. And we're doing that. It was pretty early on for that. Like, yeah. people were doing that, but I didn't really see that happening in Australian rap that much. Yeah. Or it was like all too electronic. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So I think there was a point that we, where we became more musical and we sort of structured things a little bit more deeply. And that kind of, di- I don't want to say diversified, but it kind of spread what we, what we, what our focus was. Yep. And then we sort of bounced on different ideas like we did the past time album. And that was a lot more sort of acoustic and um, raw sounding. Like we had yep. live horns and drums and those sort of things. Yep. And then we had other things like, you know, Mayday and, and newer stuff where it is more electronic again, but then there's elements of it. But yeah, you make a good point. Like these days there is, there's a lot of beauty in the simplicity. Yeah. I think the latest stuff was like that as well. Yeah. I think it is, you know, it's, it's, and you even look at like a lot of pop music now, it's all, it's all disco. Yeah. It's all just disco again. You look at, you know, Dua Lipa, Lady Gaga, even there's a new Kylie Minogue album coming out, which is all just 100% like Jacques Leconte, you know, remember that producer? It's all, it's all disco. Yeah. Everything kind of comes back around and has its little time and it's that whole retro thing is, is back in, whether that's old pop music or 90s hip-hop again, you know. Mm. I reckon this whole trap thing is starting to kind of wear off a bit. Yeah. 808s, all this kind of, it's sli- I can see it's kind of sliding away. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. But, I mean, that's all I've been doing this year. I mean, we haven't, I haven't really felt much inspiration to write. I think it's been hard for a lot of people. Yeah. People have had to get, you know, to to dig deep to get creative they have probably haven't had a lot of um mental en- energy or stamina to, to do things and i think you know as a to result do anything yeah, really well i've just been reading you know? i've just been delving into like reading listening yeah. to music just to try and keep engaged in something it's been yeah. it's been hard yeah so yeah i sort of swing forth and back from music you know i'll get into a bunch of stuff and then yeah. i just get faded on it it's like oh it's all it's all drill. What the hell's drill? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> everything's got a wave, doesn't it? Yeah. It has its wave. Yeah, it comes and goes. But there's stuff that stands out, you know, um, like all that late Mac Miller stuff that was just like magic, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, the newer, newest one that he yeah. made. What a concept. Yeah. Two albums swimming in circles that he had planned mm. before he was even, mm. before anything even happened. Dude, he's a genius. Mm. Infectious, you know, and listening to it now, you can't help but kind of... That really, like, that whole thing with him really, you know, when you, like, read a lot, you read about things, you know, you've seen Pop Smoke, Juice World, a lot of, you know, these young dudes pass away, but... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> I reckon, um, yeah, the Mac Miller one really, he really hit me, I think, because you kind of grow up with someone's music. Mm. Makes you wonder what it must have been like for dudes, like, living around the time when people like John Lennon got assassinated, people that were mm. like full grew up with the Beatles and then yeah. seeing something like that happens, just be like... Yeah, it's been a crazy few years for losing people, really. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. And this year, as you say, a shitty year to release music, shitty year to go to the movies, to go out, to like I'm own a bar, that. to perform gigs. I mean, even if we did do music, like we probably wouldn't do a live show. Mm. And you got to think, you know, yeah. people, but, but that yeah. said, there's with, within all that, there's been a lot of people getting, thinking outside the box, mm. thinking creatively and going, well, all right, I'm an artist. I can't, I literally can't tour. Mm. I need to make money. How am I going to perform? What am I going to do? So then you get from, 
you go from one side with you know like Charlie XCX who basically crowdfunded an album on mm. Instagram got a label to agree to it said I'm going to release it by this date in 2 months yeah people sending beats and she would do demos online get people to live stream and listen in and they picked what they liked and that she was ro- cool so, so it's like a collaborative she process. just collaborated with bands and released something in 2 months then you look at something like um you know how and that whole multimedia crew that he's been working with it with Shani and and them doing the inside sets, which is literally um, people can pay their tickets to. Yeah. To is that what that is? Yeah. So it's like yeah. you can be on the sc- you can be on the TV <coughs> screen and the artist can perform to you, or you can pay a, a cheaper ticket and just stream it. Mm. So it's the artist is performing to like your TV, and you can see your audience, but mm. they're literally not there in That's the room. Pretty cool. So I, yeah, I went. I watched the Briggs, <laughs> the Briggs one. It was really good. You had little skits, like you had um, other celebrities like Eric Andre and stuff going talking about him. And then it was his album launch. He was yeah, EP right. launch because he had no other way Is to. Is that what he did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And he'd be like, yeah, Eric like Andre would be like, oh, check out Briggs's new EP. You know, he's a, he's a bastard. You know, just joking <laughs> around. And then he'd he'd cut over to Briggs and he's just sitting in the chair like, I don't know. Just does a song to the TV. He's a good actor though yeah. as well, so it would have gone well for yeah. him. Maybe. So and people are getting creative, but I wonder, you know, how much, you know, how, how much pe- are people <coughs> so fatigued by this when it is over? When it is over, yeah, are people going to? I reckon people are they going to just go back to normal like that and go straight out to gigs, or are they going to take a little while to? Tentatively, like I reckon it's going to be gangbusters. And I don't know when it when it's going to be over. I honestly don't know when that would be. Yep. Like people say, oh yeah, and, you know, next year you'll be able to fly. And who's going to fly though? You know what I mean? Who's going to fly? Uh, anyway, I think it could be a long time, but I think when it when it does kick off, it's going to be like a gangbusters year. I think the last two or three years will be built up into one. Yeah, all these people haven't been able to have weddings and and so on. People are itching. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, to get it. on the get on the beers. As well, I think I think <laughs> Melbourne went back yesterday. Can you imagine how many scooters well, were pra- knocked back? Yeah, yesterday? I reckon people were getting getting busy, <laughs> getting busy. Yeah, um, there was a there was a frosted glass tipped in Melbourne. No doubt, believe me. No doubt. <laughs> um, thinking about the uh, when we were sort of looking at the brush you off clip there, what do you reckon out of all the clips we've done is your which one means the most to you or that you had the f- most fun doing or d- that you like the best because I mean so many of them have different memories or like you know d- of who we were at that time yeah you know Million Dollar Bill was probably oh, yeah, the biggest I mean Million Dollar Bill had always filming, been we're filming one overseas together you know when we travelled there was so many that's different right we did that one in Berlin yeah. that was mad that was that was one we did ourselves and I basically took a camera and yeah. a tripod when we went there I can't remember what we went there for was bring it, ha- it bring was ha- after ha- your wedding yeah it was when we went on. we got married overseas yeah, yeah that's right we were in Prague and then we went there yeah. But what do you reckon is your favourite out of all of them? Probably Soul Glow, to be honest. Soul Glow, which we did with Rush. Yeah. Shout outs to Rush. Yeah. Shout outs to you and um, Big, Big, Big Hades as well. Big, I was Big watching Hades. their bromance trip in uh, uh, yeah. off to Byron Bay the other day That's online. Right. They looks like they had a lovely time. So shout outs to those two. Yeah, yeah, the little cuties. <laughs> yeah, that was a good <laughs> clip. We're, we did that at... Um, there it is. Soul Glow. Was that Sanchez? Where was that where we filmed that? Uh, it was Sancho's. Sancho's. It was the venue next to Sancho's. But yeah, it, that's it. It was just like single shot, sitting on the couch, 
That's but we weren't really trying to do much. That's with all it, I but wanted. But that's all I wanted to do then, which we did again with after after midnight, is just single shot videos, so we don't have to edit them. Yeah. I was lazy. It was all yeah. just about being lazy and yeah. not. Ha- and I think I think Rush really captured the sheen of your head in perfect. Well, it's not hard to capture. It's probably been captured quite nicely here under these. Oh, lights I mean, as well. like avoided it, but it's it's no. just it's always there. Pre beard, of course. Pre beard. Pre beard, gang. Even you didn't have a beard there. Why, uh, why were you wearing shades? I was just, it's just I just wear just shades inside. Keep my Ray Bans on, man. What was that? What was that venue called before? Was I think it's called Sancho's or something. Yeah. Shout out to Sancho. Yeah, Shout out to Shan- Sancho. Sancho's Dirty Laundry doing big things. I bought yeah. a real nice piece of art from her the other day. Yeah, I've been trying to hit her up for a collab. If you're listening out there, Sancho, trying to hit you up for the collab with the Mercury Switch Lab. Nice. Which you, didn't men- which you didn't remember. Which we should do. Which, should, which you didn't mention before is the name of the new studio. That's right, yeah. Mer- Mercury, Mercury Switch, Switch Mastering. Mercury Switch Lab. Yeah. We had just had yeah. people wandering in in the background. Um, I think we only did a few cut, a few takes. One yeah. take, one yeah, take that's, Jake. That's all know. we could afford, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did, um, yeah, After Midnight, which I know you wanted to talk about, which was the one we did in... Um, yeah, that was Mitchell. funny. So we did a couple of clips with um, Paul Richter, who's a, a mate of ours. I haven't seen him for ages, so shout out to Paul, uh, Louise and his family. Um, yeah, Richter and I and Ross and I did a few clips. So we did the Mayday clip with him, which was up in um, in the bushlands around the top of near like Fisher. Near Canberra yeah. area, yeah. Uh, and then this one we did. Yeah, this um, one was fun because it was just basically us walking down the street late at night in Mitchell with Paul sitting in the back of my <laughs> of my car with it almost in neutral. But we had to get the timing right because, like, in gear was too fast and we were, like, chasing after him. And then, you That's know, why I told you to leave. You can see there's a moment here where, like, you weren't keeping up and I just I think I just gestured to you to just take your leave to the le- to screen left, from my perspective. Yeah, that's there it. You I'm, go, I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was my cameo for the clip. So I think when we did this, we had to do it a few times and back up. Cause car, I mean, we went pretty late, but cars kept coming down. Didn't I don't know they? if you know the street, but this is like coming down a hill. So we're actually the car is just like rolling. That's that was right. the only way we could do it. Because if it was in gear, it was either shuddering or it was just like moving. So it's basically, we had to get the right amount of run up, us be outside of the car at the right time, and be rolling down the street with the back door open with mm-hmm. someone with a camera hanging out of it. It was funny, man. But it was good fun. We got we got the shot eventually. Just the magic just happened. Yeah, magic just happened. That's what happened. It's good fun. Magic. That was cheap. We got two likes. Two likes. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you can see 135 views, so you can yeah. see how we balling out here. Yeah. <laughs> how much do the videos factor into your uh, sort of creative process and and the release of the song? Is it? It's pretty much an afterthought. Different, uh, no, an afterthought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Music, music always comes first, and we've we've done all the um, the songs, the production's done, the mastering's done, and then we're like, all right, we probably need to do some visuals yeah, to help been, promote the music. We sucked with videos. I mean, we've done them, but we, as you see, like it, like if you look at um, what's the one we did with, um, you know, the nineteen fifties. Voyage. Voyage yeah. yeah, Voyage. Pull that one up. That because that was like full production, and that was. <laughs> It's hilarious too, but like that was that was when we're like, yeah, we're gonna do this and we'll do that and yeah. we'll and shout outs to Cam Brown, shout outs to Downtown Cam Brown. Brown and S- Silas, he was yep. involved. Silas, um, yeah, we had heaps mm. of people cameos in there. Danica, Cole, and Danica, Cole, yeah. Cole Bennis was helping us out with that. Shout outs to Cole. 
Yeah. Cole's doing big things now in Sydney, so much love to him. Proud of that boy. He's killing it. Um, but, yeah, this is one we worked with, with Cam. I think we did a few with Cam, didn't we? Yeah. 2009, so 11 years ago. This one got 10 likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this we... we, we what, I can't remember where that bar was. We hired the bar. It's we hired Monica, this car. We did a shot out the front of the Hyatt. Yeah. We were that, young. We that, were at that stage, we're like, there's a story in this song. If we were going to try and make a story visually, what would it look like? We did have a story in the million dollar bill clip, but yeah. that's real cheap too. I mean, we did that <laughs> the, one on the butt. Was that on was the like too. the cheapest, nastiest. And we're but we pulled it off. We're real young sure. here too. That's yeah. an iconic video, the million dollars. Yeah. yeah. The old, it's the old speakeasy vibe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Where did Cam get that car from? Oh, no. Did he hire it? Hired it or something. That's about the only time you, you got to chuckle. You can, you can see the sweat on his brow <laughs> late on a Saturday afternoon. Shout out to Minky. Minky, yeah. Back when I had an earring. <laughs> There was, I'd say there was a fairly big night that followed after this. Yeah, no doubt. So this was this is first album, wasn't it? Since we yeah. did, we did the EP question, then we did switch album. So that was probably the most successful album that we had. We worked with Shogun, who were re- doing a lot of big things at the time with distribution for. Well, they they were it pretty much. Yeah. It was them or Obese. Yeah, so we did Obese. And Obese did the distro for the Question EP, and then we went to Shogun. Shogun yeah. were really good. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, yeah, Sam or, or something. Nah. I can't remember. Can't but yeah, they were awesome. They were doing like all sorts of distro back, like sort of late two thousands, yeah. mid to late two thousands for hip hop. That was when I was doing radio um, for Two Double X and doing the hip hop show, and I would literally get sent like. Every fortnight, without fail, like a bundle from Shogun. Mm. They were just on the ball, sending out music, CD singles. You'd get the albums before they were out. They'd be sending me press kits to say, "Do you want to talk to them?" And I'd be have, I'd have interviews lined up. Yeah, every and that was every like show. Golden age of radio, really. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. We had a lot of fun doing that. So I mean, I did sixteen years of that. That's basically how you and I met. Was mm. doing was through radio. Yeah. Um, and, and the brain tax show, yeah, brain tax shows, um, and just and just catching up out at gigs and stuff. That was like that whole period. I mean, you used to have people like tours coming through. What was Transit called before Transit Bar? A rebar. A rebar. So a rebar, and then there was that other one on the corner. <coughs> you walked Holy up. Grail. Holy Grail. So there was always hip hop shows on there. A and U was doing shows. Um, so you'd have people like Pegs coming through, Lyrical Commission. Um, You'd have Maestro, Brain Tax. You know, there was always all something those four story gigs. Yeah, four story gigs with Deal. I'd supported Delta. I didn't even know. I forgot about that. Yeah, and shout out to Delta. Max, uh, was that was that was yeah, yeah barbecue sh- song. Shout out to um, Checkmate, <laughs> Hospice Crew. All those guys were just yeah. putting on heaps Mass, of gigs. Mass MC. That's what I'm trying yeah. to think of. The barbecue song, yeah. Queen, Queen Essential, yeah. old old school Aussie hip hop. Reason, Reason. All those guys. Yeah, so there was a lot happening then, and that was like. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot happening now, but it's completely it's completely different. Um, yeah. This is before, like you know, national radio was really the only thing. Behind, I mean, yeah, playing it's kind of really before the whole digital internet thing blew up. You yeah. know, we were we were on the trail end of the golden age of hip hop in Australia, 
and it was a time where people would still buy CDs yep. and you'd get sent CDs and yep. you'd buy records yep. and shows would happen and you'd get 300 people to Every the show. Funkors on a Wednesday night or something yep. like that, you know what yep. I mean? Um, yeah. so and that continued for a yeah. long time. I mean, you've got to think, with, with the transition over to Transabar too when, when Jem was doing stuff there too. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jem. Um, huge shows. I mean, he was pulling a lot of, of the big international artists as well. Yeah. Um, Shouts to Granger. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had some good times there at Transabar, and that's where we filmed. And we did many shows as well. You know, we yeah. like we. It wasn't just the hip hop scene. Do you remember we did Diplo? That's right. Um, Minky and I did Diplo, yeah. and that was like the first time we'd come to Australia, and I think we did, we did it at ANU Bar. It was at ANU Bar, and it was like twelve hundred bucks yeah. or something. And I was shitting bricks. It's like there's no way that. There's no way I'm going to sell enough tickets to recoup 1200 bucks, or maybe it was like two grand or something. It wasn't much for Diplo, considering now it'd probably be like 180 grand US at least yeah, for half an hour. more than that. Yeah. This um, is when he was on site. He put out that one album in Florida on Big, yeah. big Data. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what it was that's like. That's an amazing album too. Amazing album. That was an awesome night. Mm. And then we all went back to Transapar afterwards. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And he came and hung out. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Who else did we put on? What other shows? We did, um, we built up a good relationship with Next Men. We did Next Men a yeah, few times with Jem. They were really good dudes. Yeah, good guys, yeah. Um, Jem, I mean, Jem put on hundreds. Yeah, we were lucky to support like, of lots shows. of guys. Black Alicious, we did that. Evidence from uh, Dilated Peoples. Yeah. Um, who else did we do? Jungle Brothers, maybe? No, I don't know if we did them. Pretty sure we did. Exhibit? Remember that exhibit? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That was like... Remember that exhibit That was show? in it was like Western Creek yeah, or Western Creek. or something. Big Dave put yeah. that on, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Big Dave as well. Lupe um, Fiasco. Yeah, played in Western Creek. Yeah. yeah. You it need w- to tell me more about that. No, it wasn't Western Creek. It was, um, you know, it was like... south somewhere. It though. was, you know, that, like, Waniasa area. What's yeah. that? What's that big shopping centre called there? Uh, it was like an old... Cool. Nah, not... Well, maybe it is cool. I don't know. Maybe. It was an old pub. It it's like upstairs on that row at the back of those shops where there's like McDonald's and and it was it was nasty like you 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 could die there. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> was, night though. It was great. There was night. beer everywhere. There's just beer dripping off the walls. Exhibit came out. Yeah, knocked it out, didn't he? He was good. I think I think from memory we had to continue playing because he as everyone does when they're a superstar they just like yeah I'm not coming out I'm give it another ten minutes and and we were like literally before him so we. We had to string together a few more songs. <laughs> Probably some fun. terrible freestyles. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Call and response like the um the old fuck say fuck. Yeah, that wasn't one of my best moments, was it? Tell that story, that's a good one. We had a did a show down in um look, I, I like to think looking back I was a bit ahead of the curve. Oh totally, totally. I was ahead of the you know, Full full credit to all of shout out to all my Victorians there. I know you got you love your public holiday there, and Victoria's been doing it tough. So I don't want to be coming in here bashing Victoria at all. But you know I'm not really big on um, horse racing. I've never really liked it. Um, probably picked my wrong picked the wrong moment to to do that. But we did this really big show, which at the time for us was probably one of our biggest shows we'd ever done. It was, well, for hot sure. Off, hot off putting out an album, which we just did for fun, and then suddenly we had 
um, all this radio play, a million dollar bill, which we didn't expect, just came out of nowhere, and we were like, oh, all right. So we started getting booked for these shows, and we. But what was the venue? Is like it was the Hi-Fi Bar Hi-Fi on Swanston Street, and it was Muffin Platonic support. Boy. I think Briggs was the Briggs was hosting. Briggs was hosting. Anyway, so and it was Pez and, um, Pez and, and 360 and 360, so Pez as well. and 360 were on. Then it was them, then, then us. us. So then, we, yeah, they supported us. <laughs> yeah, look what happened. They blew up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then Muff and Tonic, who was Muff, huge at the Shouts time. to Muff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, so I got up in the middle of the set and I was like, hey, look, you know, I love, I love you Victorians, but like I can't really di- get down with the Melbourne Cup. So after me, just everyone say, fuck the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and I heard this tumbleweeds. Shut up. <laughs> Briggs had to come out and apologize. <laughs> but look, I was, was ahead of the curve. Look was. at the backlash now. Often misunderstood, always ahead of the game. Thank you very said much. Said it before, Thanks I'll say it again. But yeah, probably mistimed. But that was a good fun, good show. We played some good ones. Mm-hmm. What's some other funny stories we've got from life on the road? Um, What's your favorite place to play? That we've played? Yeah. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I love it. Can I, can I guess? Yeah. Hobart. Correct. Hobart. <laughs> so many good memories down in Hobart. Many good memories. We've had some Big festivals. Memories. Ben, I think, th- what was the guy's name was Ben, and we always played that venue. Yeah, the Mobius. Mobius Bar, yeah, which yeah. is this dingy little place. That was a place where you ate that scallop pie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that one. That's a bit, that's a bit nasty, yeah. that Ross was, but Ross was unwell. Look, put it there. Ross was unwell. I warned him. <laughs> he was eating many rich foods before our show. <laughs> and it was, it was t- 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 touch and go. But we did a good show that night. But shout-outs to Ben and Mobius Bar. They're always killing it down there. It's um, like in, Medusu, in Hobart. Medusu, that whole crew down there. Yeah. Um, and what was his name? Uh, I can't remember. The DJ guy. Damesa. Damesa. Yeah, yeah. He's a good bloke. But they were so hungry. It was yeah. like Hobart was one place you could go where they were more hungry than Canberrans because they're like, oh, we never get to see shit down here. And they just they just shows. went ham, yeah. Like played we did shows, and it was always crazy. A couple of times down there I too. I was like, when are you coming back? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I we mean, did that festival, yeah. Brazil was awesome too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Going over there, shout to out Cambrian. Shouts to Cambrian. Shouts to Omar Musa came with us. Well, we were kind of we went with and Omar he, we, and, and Frank Madrid. Yeah. So went over there and did um, La Cena Contemporanea, which was a, a mad festival. So I mean. If you could have said when we started making music together that we would have gone and done played overseas, I would have laughed. Because when we started making music, it was <laughs> for fun. It still yeah. is for fun. Yeah. And I think we're kind of coming back full circle now that, you know, when when and if we kind of really get down and entrenched in the new studio and make some new music, it's really just going to be for yeah. fun, you know. Yeah. We're, we're older. We're not in our 20s anymore. You've got to think about, you know, what what you've got left to say or what, you want to actually do with your music mm. you know we've got different priorities now we've got you know lo- families mortgages all the you know all our fun stuff all the fun stuff so you know the the boat has sailed a bit i guess on trying to i i ain't got the energy to be out there like running around doing tours anymore. and props to all the people that do exactly it's yeah. a it, it's a it's a it's a it's a young man and young woman's game at the moment there's some crazy talent out there and they're eating they're eating it up Mm. National radio is behind it. A lot more diversity in the scene at the moment. A lot yeah. more diversity in sounds and style and and backgrounds and different people from you know different walks of life and people that have migrated to Australia making music and getting shine. It's mm. 
it's pretty healthy and lots of different sounds happening which you know like you were saying you know are all kind of coming back mm. full circle yeah. there's still trap stuff there's pop stuff there's you know but you got to give credit to some of the people that we were doing shows with the, the longevity of some of these artists is crazy look at someone like Illy mm. still like still cracking along still mm. relevant you know solo and and um and at it still making stuff still relevant J- jimmy nice from spitzinicus has put an album out he's still kicking along i mean he's got to be he's probably like late 30s as well yeah still passionate still doing stuff um and there's still a market for that still a market for that music and still an audience there's still an audience for it definitely yeah yeah what do you reckon would be something that we um jesus that we um who's hollering um what was something that you i mean we've done put records out to it put albums out done video shows what's something that we didn't do that you want, would have wanted to do that we didn't do yeah. <laughs> nah i was gonna say music wise yeah <laughs> um i don't know i don't know really i think i'm like i've got no regrets you know, I was pretty. We we're pretty bloody lucky, to be honest, for everything we we managed to achieve. It would have been nice to like get to that point where we could support a national tour, like ongoing, and make it work. Because I mean, we were we were doing it all off our own bat constantly. Yeah. We never had a label support. We never got signed. That would have been nice. Not that we were really looking for it. Like we always tried to stay independent and do well, our we own thing. If we moved, if we yeah. moved, we might have. Yeah, maybe. Um, that would have been nice, but it would have been nice to be able to conduct like national tours where mm-hmm. we weren't just sort of scraping things together. I think I think we did one tour when we did Hobart, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Newcastle, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the longest stretch. But it would have been nice to get up a bit further to Brizzy and yep. and so on, and over to Perth or something. But no regrets, you know. Yeah. Don't think we like you, do you think at that time it was hard to do it from Canberra? Is yeah. that what you were getting at? Yeah. I think it was hard for, I th- from what I can see, is that anyone that made the move out of Canberra and said, I'm really going to get out, cut ties, and just to give it a red hot go, they probably had more opportunities afforded to them than than us because we did stay in Canberra. And that's not an, that's not an excuse for me saying, oh, we were, we're owed something we didn't get because we could have made that decision to mm. do. But I think we were just so entrenched here with with life and work. Because, yeah. I mean, look at Code of Conduct, you know, huge shout-outs to them. They, you know, Canberra-based, they made a decision to say, we're going to go pursue our music and radio career in Sydney. Killing it. Yeah. You know, and it's those, sometimes it is taking that leap of faith, um, making some of those harder decisions and going... You know, and I think, but it's also all, <coughs> all timing and where you're at in life. Yeah. You know, I think wh- when we started making music, we were probably a little bit older already. Yeah. So we weren't like 18 or 19. I think we just had life decisions that just sort of affected what we we're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Not in a negative way, nothing that we regret, but just didn't make the decision to take it more than make it more than a, than a hobby you yeah. know it, take it to a to a job or i mean even when we're looking at the numbers like we're never you know even today you're lucky to make 50 grand a year if you're just doing music really well you know yeah and then i think there was points where other guys um like yeah code of conduct 
um, Citizen K, guys like that, they either got a manager or got signed mm. that took them to a point, of course their music, of course all those things, but all that, all that stuff aside, they got to a point where they could push it further from outside of the area. And yep. I think we were talking to like Harbour at the time, was it Harbour or Premier? And Jem yep. nearly managed to get us connected with a booking agent and that would have been the next thing that we needed to do. And we just, we just kept missing these couple of like little things, no regrets. We're happy where we where we are, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it was, as you say, it's just like luck and dedication. Like definitely, the guys out. If there's one piece of advice that I could give anyone that's under the age of thirty and they're still doing music, is if you're not going to take a year to two years off and just do it solid and actually try and make a career off it and forget about all the other shit, then you might as well just stop now because mm-hmm. it's probably just going to trickle along to a point where you're like. Unless you, you can't lucky. be bothered, yeah. you're too old, or you're not relevant anymore, or you need to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's just life too. Yeah, not but, but to there's been on. you know, Canberra is Canberra has is killing it, has killed it. Yeah, there's been so many. I mean, awesome, amazing artists that are coming <coughs> here, and it's it's joyous to see that to see people pop from here. Yeah, you know, I mean, all the way back to Coolism, you know, who set it off. Checkmate, people like Checkmate in hospital. I mean, is Checkmate, is it me? Is that dude one of the most hardest working dudes? Still grinding in Melbourne, making yeah. beats, yeah. smashing the label out, still producing for dudes. He's, you know, always working. And your example of, like, if you're not prepared to make that your focus, don't do it. And he's made it his focus. Well, you, men- you mentioned coolism for a second there. Let's, let's talk about that for yeah. a minute because, I mean... Talk about fucking dedication. Yeah. Daniel lived and breathed hip-hop for a decade in, yep. a, in a one-bedroom flat in Watson, you know. And one of the main reasons that we're here talking about this today mm. is because of, personally, is because of all those nights. I used to live in Watson as well, live around the corner, and Dan, I think, <coughs> cottoned on that I had an MPC, and he was like, oh, yeah, you got an MPC, do you? And he started just sort of hollering, saying, oh, what you doing? You want to come around and listen to some records? And... I just go around there a couple of nights a week and sit there and listen to records for hours and just talk about music. And it was like such an incredible. There you go. Cam did that video too. Cam did that video too. Yeah. Um, it was just such an incredible experience to be able to like listen and learn from a master. I mean, Dan is hyper intellect. You know what I mean? He can he can build software. He knows about electronics. He knows about sound. He's one of the best mastering engineers that are unknown in the country. Yeah. But um, going there and listening to those records, like all the records, all the soul, funk and, and jazz that kind of formed all the samples, working out what the samples were, digging them and going, oh, oh, that's, oh that's what you do. And playing funky drummer in 16th parts on the MPC, like it ain't yep. no thing. It was just, it, for me, it was like a, um, a such a learning process of, of what it was about to do it. And yeah, man, he was dedicated. I remember he'd be like, can you just bring around some biscuits or something? Because <laughs> the dude wouldn't eat. He wouldn't eat. He'd just like buy records, buy a bit old synthesizers from cash converters yeah. and pull them apart. He had like a room. It was probably like the size of this room plus another maybe metre and a half that way. And it was just filled with records and gear. Like you had to kind of – and a cat, of course. It was a freaking cat as well. So you had to kind yeah. of wade through stuff and – it was all yeah. about from from my from my experience of learning from watching them write and record music was it wasn't just about turning up 
recording, it was about going over four hours early, mm. three hours early, hanging out, talking, laughing, having some drinks. The vibe was always there. Yeah. You're always welcome. Everyone's ripping on one another. Axe, you know, Axe is there. Tunks. Shout out to Axe and Tunks. You know, it was just a vibe and it was fun. <laughs> and I think whenever we had, you know, Tunks and, and Axe come to our sessions, you know, or vice versa, recording with them, it was always, you know, just fun vibes. And just yeah. like, even if we didn't record anything, we got in there, we would just talk shit. Well, that's like about KPI really, wasn't yeah. it? We should have done a clip for that. Yeah. Can we play music? Can we hear music? Yeah. What's the... um. What's the disco one? The one that Hayes produced? I love that tune. Was it back in the 80s or whatever? Yeah, yeah uh, KPI. KPI. You heard that album? No. It's an album. It's kind of like a concept album. Talk us through it, man. Talk us through it. Yeah, Axe and I wanted to do something together, so shout-outs to Axe. Um, and, yeah, we wanted to do something about sort of, you know, working, working and the, wor- you know, nine-to-five life. In the public service um, yeah, in Canberra. Nine yeah. to five life. So we did a little sort of concept album around that. Was it something in the 80s? What was it called? I think it was called the 80s. The 80s, yeah. yeah. KVI, the 80s. Should be on Bandcamp yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, Axe, and Axe, is, Axe is one of the most hardest working KVI dudes too. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's always, um, he's always writing and recording and he's got, he's got stuff <coughs> for days, probably unreleased albums. Galore. Dazzler Brothers. Daz- he's, yeah, we actually like working on some stuff still. I oh, mean, yeah. COVID's, COVID's put a bit of a... Yeah. I was just talking to him today. So, um, well, yeah. We might have to get in the, the new lab and do that Dazzler Brothers. Yeah, we're keen. It's all, it's like all written pretty much. So we just got to knock it out. But yeah, he's got heaps of stuff done. He's always been writing and recording with Hades as well. You know who I saw the other day at the shops? Indie Ghost. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's, he's, he's back in Canberra as well. So, I mean, if you guys haven't heard his stuff, it's awesome too. The 80s. The 80s. Oh, 80s, yeah. Yeah, I saw... Um Smoking cigarettes at my desk. Shirt open with a hairy chest. She was hot on the So this would have been a good clip because you could just see, like, a workplace in the 80s. Yeah. Two hours yeah. for just a good opportunity to act inappropriately on, on camera. Great beat from Hayes too. Kill this. It's a real Miami Vice kind of beat. Yeah. Miami Summer. Shouts to everyone everyone out there in their Miami Summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hayes he's killing it too. He's always yeah. got good beats. He's got new music out or coming out. I think he's always working on stuff. What was the album where he's got he's like in his jacket in a, a sunny field with a full jacket on? What was that? I think that's the recent movements. Yeah, he got yeah, a new one. Yeah. That come out? Is that out? Sure. Check it out. I, I mean, that's the trouble with music and me, as I was saying, as I go in waves, I, I hate everything for a long time and I can't listen to music and then I just absorb it all. What do you listen to, though? Do you listen to old stuff then? Yeah. I listen to jazz. <laughs> There's heaps of good new jazz out. That stuff you sent me the other day was hot. Yeah. There's a new, I can't even know how you pronounce the name, N- Nubia Garcia. Amazing. And this oh, yeah. Duval Timothy guy, the album's called, um, I was just listening to it the other day. Come Help. But like blues and roots and and stuff like that yeah. as well, you know, just just old shit, just stuff that sounds interesting. Teskey Brothers, love those guys. There's, there's been a few comments in the, in the comments about your record collection. People oh yeah, want to know a bit more about that and yeah, yeah, how that was built. Well, I used to work in Impact Records. I don't know if you remember Impact Records, the I store do. that was downstairs where Tiny's is now. But I worked there for a good. 
few years, maybe three, four years. And it was the first time they started selling dance music. And at the time, I think it was me and um, ben, Henderson ben Henderson and Mikey who ended up at Landspeed. Yeah. And we would just order all this good music and just order two copies of everything and, and, and just buy records at cost. And then there was some big sale that came in when they brought in like crates and crates of like <coughs> cutouts. <coughs> so that was when like they cut the corner off a record sleeve and you'd sell it for like six bucks or something. We just cleaned up. So I just bought stupid amounts of records for, for a good solid two years. <coughs> and then when I was at Better Music, I was at Better Music for like, 11 years, 12 years, we were selling records there. So I'd be like, same thing with the radio station. I had Dan Beck and Sammy and guys in Melbourne who'd send me promo records. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, and I've put this in for you. And here's one to sell. And you just get free records and you buy doubles of everything. I've got so many doubles of great records. Um, and then, you know, just be, just being a collector, really. At least your collection's like, worth something. Yeah, probably. Well, I've just got nine nine huge crates of CDs from radio. Yeah. What am I going to do with them? They're just sort of boxed up in my garage. Just keep them, mate. Keep them. Keep Crazy. Them. But, um, yeah, I did a few trips to, you know, everywhere we'd go, I'd buy records, really, back then. We'd yeah, some good stuff, stuff in, in, Japan. in Adelaide, went to Japan. Brazil, you got stuff? Brazil, yep. Yep. We did, like, a whole seven tracks of brazilian music unreleased unreleased <laughs> <laughs> they're all songs yeah we've got but we just stuff. never released them it was like kind of when that ragged ragged stuff was what was it bonda de role bonda de role on the major laser stuff yeah i don't know that stuff has come out yeah, we did, heaps when of we did that tour we basically wrote a few songs that were a bit more on that on that tip to, on that tip play, to play over there yeah it was good fun you know what i you know something i funny i remember about that I remembered before what we came in here because you know you're talking about you worked at Better Music. Yeah. Do you know I came, I, we both DJ now. Um, well, we haven't this year, of course, but we both, you know, still DJ now. Yeah. But I used to get lessons from, from Dread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I used to go and get DJ lessons from Dread. <coughs> and I didn't have any vinyl, but I had CDs. So I was like, oh, I want to DJ. But so this is before CDJs or any of that stuff. And I went and bought oh, this thing from you. And it was this <laughs> whack little like plastic thing. To it DJ with. Lids it had lids that came up. Bro, what? that was like a legit early Vestax yeah. CDJ. That was like a classic. Did it have like a wood trim on the front? I don't remember, but I remember it had two plastic doors and that you went lids and they went beep. And you put your yeah. CD in and you couldn't even scratch on it. You just hit play and yeah. there was this knob thing and you went. Yeah, yeah. And you sold and he me went that. downhill from there. Yeah, you <laughs> sold me that old dodgy thing. You probably ripped me off too. Nah, I remember. I think I, I was, you know, J Red, the D, DMC yeah. guy. He he was. He's like a collector. He's got all the old Vestax mixes and stuff. So I used to sell Vestax mixes for years and had shitloads of mixes yeah, yeah. and contacts because of that. Everyone, I see, still see people now, and they're like, "Oh, you know, sold me turntables." And nope. <laughs> anyway, he was talking about those CDJs, those those first Vestax ones, like a VD. How v much are they worth? CDX twelve or something? Nothing. They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible pieces of shit. But there was like a Tascam thing that was like a little robot with a wheel on it that you could put on a platter of a turntable, so it'd actually follow the slip mat round, and you could kind of scratch uh -huh. on a turntable. Next, it didn't work very well. Didn't work very well. That was a good story, wasn't it? Well, you you know just you bombed like that. You probably planned for CDJs. You probably could have fixed it up. You tried to fix my one up. It's still in the garage. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyone uh, wants a cheap? <laughs> what was that model? Three hundred. Three. We got a VCI. You VCI three hundred. In fact, we're doing a special tonight. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Next person to comment in the comments and say, "I want a broken VCI three hundred." Get some old. You junk. get a free broken you VCI three hundred. Old junk from Ross's studio. Yeah. How much? Um. Compare. I mean, going back to your vinyl collection, from when it was at its height, how much have you pared it back to where it is now? <sighs> Hardly at all. I mean, I've got rid of a lot of junk. I probably threw did, out or got rid of... Because like, you just buy, stuff. you know, crap. You'd buy, like, comedy records and, and children's stories just for samples and things like that. <laughs> Remember the Question EP? Yeah. And their samples? Like, oh, yeah. cut, you know, all that sort of stuff was just trash. But got rid of probably about 300 of, of that sort of rubbish and sold probably another 100. Yeah. But I'd still have close to 4,000, I think. And... Of and heaps of stuff you haven't even sampled yet. Do you reckon, oh yeah, heaps, do you reckon if we're going to do new stuff, do you want to go back to sampling or do you want to... I don't know. I have no idea. I, I know it's good. It, it's going to be a direction. In, it's going to be a firm direction in one way. Like yeah. it'll either be all acoustic, like all made acoustic, pianos, blah, 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 make our own samples, or it'll all be sampled mm. or it'll all be electronic, but it won't be a, a blend of them all. No but we talk about like doing... No more blends. Just doing like R&B or something. Well, you know, auto-tune's back, baby. I want to do like a blues album with Kojo singing. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Get it, you should do an R&B album with Axe singing. Yeah, that'd be... That'd, uh, Axe. Axe, Axe. Are you, are you, if you're tuned in, R&B album. The ladies Sharpen need the Axe. The, la- <laughs> the ladies need it. What do you reckon, um, what's your favourite out of all the uh, albums we've done? I think it'd have to be the switch. First one. Because it was what's your what's your least favorite? That first three 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 track. It doesn't no, count. No, that was good. I like I like the way it came out. Um, I mean, it would have been good to do. I mean, we only did I don't dislike any of them. To be we only did, did digital for mine, right? Would have been good. <coughs> well, maybe one day we can go back and do a physical. I think that's the only one we've done that hasn't had any physical. But we didn't, do, we didn't do a launch for it. We just didn't no, s- we just put it out. didn't seem necessary. I mean, these days, that's the problem, is music is just gobbled up so fast and attention consumed. Span. Attention spans are very, very short. Even look at the short window people have to promote, put out, <coughs> then the next week people are on to the new thing. You know, Buster Rhymes, one of the greatest rappers of all time, has got a new album coming out this Friday, 11 years since his last album. Yeah. You know, legend of the game. It's got like Kendrick Lamar on it. Heaps of people dropped a few kilos himself. Yeah, too. he's dropped yeah. heaps of kilos. <laughs> he's looking good, but it'll just be interesting to see. You know, years ago, nineties, two thousand, he would have put out an album, and that the run of that album would have been a year. You know, mm. touring and still radio mm. play and still smashing it. Now, how much impact? You know, I, w- I wish him the best with it, but you know. In the in the streaming era, how how much, you know, how much? What's the attention span of the average listener? Mm. Do they even listen to the full album, or do they just skim through and go, "I like the one track with Anderson Pack on it," and then I'm not even going to listen to the rest of it? You know? Yeah, I think, like in a broader sense, the way that people consume music and the way that the industry <coughs> charges people to use um, music is probably it's been in a pretty bad place mm. for a while because I think. The Netflix era has changed the way that people consume 
video and movies and, and shows, but in a positive way because it's sort of made the market more busy. You know what I mean? You've yep. got like different providers like Stan and Amazon and all these guys now, whereas you've kind of got Spotify, which no one really has, but they don't have... What do you mean no really one has it? For it? Well, I mean, everyone has it, yeah. but not everyone pays for premium and no. then, you know, you can get bits and pieces, but yeah, you're yeah. not really paying for music as you were. But I think copyright reform is on its way. I mean, in, in Australia, I know there's things that are happening now in terms of what we can share because work through the archive. Um, we're dealing with rights all the time. Like copyright is a pain and yeah. it's so backwards that it's such a pain that a collecting agency like us can't really share as much as we would like to of all this historic stuff. But then when you're the artist right now, you can't even really get paid for it, you yeah. know what I mean? So I think at some point there's going to be a bit of a shift where there's a bit of – it equals out a little bit, you know what I mean? It's not quite there yet, but I feel like yep. in a few years, maybe in the next decade, we'll see everyone getting paid a little bit yep. because it'll – I don't know. I'm trying to say it'll be like the the Uber of music, you know what I mean? Like the do you know what I mean? Like the um the Airbnb of music. It's probably already happening with with Bandcamp and things like that, but I don't know, I think the copyright issues are interesting. Maybe I'm just dreaming. When COVID started, I thought, "Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to DJ. I still want to do it. I'm going to try and stream some sets on Instagram." Mm -hmm. I tried to do two and they like cut me off like Yeah. Ten you know, ten minutes in, because it goes. You're using music you can't use, and I'm like, well, just yeah. trying to have fun. Yeah, but you know, they wouldn't let you do it. Yeah, and you yeah, pay it's for like it. it's not keeping up with the technology, the the yeah. laws, and the copyright behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and really. it's not like I was, you know, I was trying to play stuff I like and give exposure to things that I like, but wasn't allowed to share it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think it'll change. Hopefully. Yeah. <coughs> Do you reckon you're going to go back and DJ? Probably. <laughs> Just because I like drinking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Your priorities are so different to mine. I'm trying to work out whether I've got the, the energy to stay up till 3 a.m. Well, we're about to put an extension on this house, so I need I need them bickies. You need that extra paper. <laughs> I do, I do. I don't even know if it's, I mean. It's not going to be the same. No. Well, it probably will be for all the really have young you actually people gone out, out and have get you, drunk. Have you been out to pubs and stuff? Is there like people I've, I've, been out? I've been out to to shoot at the academy. Yeah. Uh, so fiction DJs. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because everyone's spaced out and having an awesome time, but the place is empty. Mm. So it's a really weird vibe. And I could imagine mm. for a DJ that would be yeah. really unsettling. Yeah. Hard to read. It's the opposite of what you want, really. I mean, it's like going to... The movies, you know, yeah. you, you you go and you watch something happen rather than going and being involved in a vibe and it was always about the vibe really. That's one of the things that, that sort of shit me about the way that playing in restaurants and bars <laughs> changed from playing in clubs and nightclubs. Not to say that I wanted, I wanted to play in like big rooms and stuff like that but you would always be trying to get the whole place into a vibe and to sort of feel what you're doing and then everyone, you know, it just became more of a restaurant vibe. It's like you're playing to people eating their You're playing their background dinner. music. Yeah, you're playing background music and, and you'd actually get, oh, it's, you're getting a bit too loud or you're getting a bit too animated there. Watch out, this person's about to dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. You'll see what happens, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, the the silly season is coming, isn't it? Summer is coming, so it's going to be interesting to see 
how entertainment industry, in, you know, in Canberra and in Australia globally, sort of um, deals deals with that. Yeah, I certainly haven't been tapped on the shoulder to play anywhere yet. So well, I'm, I'll plug a gig actually. Oh, it yeah. looks like I've just been booked to play a gig on Saturday night. It's at a new bar. Shout out, Jim. What was it called? I have to look it up. It's um. Plug plug plug. It's some new bar in Kingston. It's the same as the um, old Cambrian guys. Oh, yeah. Queenies. <coughs> Queenies in Kingston. So they're doing all vinyl, which yeah, is Matt. nice. Saturday night. What are you gonna, what, what's the genre? Are you gonna I think it's going to be funk, soul, hip-hop. Yeah. Some classics. Yeah. So is it going to, if you packed everything up, are you going to have to... I'm going to have to dig some stuff. Go digging. Yeah. Get those I've got a bag of sevens about this big, which will get me through about an hour and 45 minutes of mad throwing records everywhere because they're not organised. No mixing. I'm not like Jim. I don't have like four suitcases of 45s between the years of 1967 yeah. and 1959. Yeah. Motown box. But... Um, Luna box. Yeah. I'm not that organised, no. so I have to go dig some stuff out. But that would be fun. Yeah, man. I'm sure the people have missed, missed you guys out there. But um, I think that's, that's it. That, thanks for joining us. No worries. Yeah. Thanks for having us. That's been awesome and... Great to hear your thoughts. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Take care. Peace. Peace.